When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm joined today by Stuart Brennan. Hello, hello. And by Simon Bykowski. Hello. And it's a cold, chilly Monday morning in uh, Manchester and the uh, football didn't do us any favours at the weekend. So you had the, uh, should I say, the pleasure of going to Anfield. You had a hostile... Always a pleasure. Hostile Always welcome pleasure. for you as well as the uh, team bus, we believe. Uh, <laughs> City's uh, title bid took a massive dent, losing 3-1 at Anfield. Uh, I guess the, the first question is, what did you make of the game? We'll come on to the VAR, come on to the performances and individual displays. But in all, uh, can only be seen as a massive negative for City losing to Liverpool, despite how, how encouraging they, they did play in, in places. Yeah, it's interesting. I've just been writing a piece, uh, some quotes from Rodri, who said that he thought City were the better team. And that Liverpool were better in front of goal, they were more clinical, which is undoubtedly true. You look at the stats, since they had most possession, they had easily 17 shots to to five, I think, or 17 shots to seven. Um, But Liverpool got more on target and, crucially, got more in the net, which is the only stat that really matters. Um, I don't think City played particularly badly, but for me... Liverpool always carried a threat. Whenever Liverpool attacked, you felt they were going to score. Now, that's partly because they're so bloody good up front, but partly because City are so vulnerable at the back. You know, we've seen them be vulnerable against Wolves and and Villa and, you know, much lesser teams than Liverpool this season. Um, and that is a worry going forwards. City, City, you always think City are going to concede no matter who they're playing. And when they're playing Liverpool... They're going to concede more than one. They had injuries going into the game as well. Um, but for me, Liverpool were a better team. You know, they were, they were when they had the ball, they made far more of it. The, the passing was better. The finishing was better. And I think what was worrying for City, it's always been the case that Liverpool had the better defence last season. Uh, City had the better midfield. And the two attacks were pretty similar. You know, there wasn't anything to choose between them. But that midfield dominance that City have had, I thought the Liverpool three were much better than than City um, yesterday. And that's, that is a worry. You know, if if Liverpool are sort of getting a dominance in that area as well, well, you know, they're they're the champions. I, we, I know when we f- you first came in today briefly, you said that City did play well. Maybe that's been overlooked a bit. Obviously, the the matter is that City didn't win. That's all that matters. That is the narrative. But there was some encouragement, but I guess maybe that's been too optimistic after a 3-1 defeat at Anfield. Um, I don't know. I, I did a bit of moonlighting for various people after the game against Atalanta, and that was utter chaos. And I got accused by a few City fans of having a downer on City. Um, and I just thought Sunday was really positive. I thought it was one of the best performances of the season. The defence isn't great. We've said it for ages, but I don't think Liverpool's defence was very good. What let City down more than anything was the big decisions in the game. And also Sergio Aguero 
wasn't clinical enough. Kevin De Bruyne didn't play well. Maybe it was a mistake to push him on up front because you lost sort of that midfield strength as well. Um, but I thought City, at a ground that they've... I can't remember them playing well at Anfield, gave the best performance there in, in years. And yeah, they lost because Liverpool scored goals that um, that City didn't make the most of their chances and Liverpool made the most of theirs but you know I, I don't see I don't come away from that and think oh Liverpool are champions elect I come away from that and think Liverpool have got plenty of problems in their team just as City got problems in theirs Yeah you mentioned where well, we should probably start with that uh, first goal the controversial one you said first five minutes certainly as well City were all over Liverpool they were attacking really well some really nice play a couple of free kicks they earned as well in dangerous areas but then the handball instance, Stu, and uh, you were there in the stadium. You must have had the full experience of it all. It was chaos. Um, I, we spoke in the uh, in the office today with the handball, Trent Alexander Arnold. I think everyone's in agreement that it should have been a penalty. But, Even um, the Liverpool. F- no, 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 never mind. <laughs> almost everyone. Um, but of course, as you as you've pointed out, the rules state that it did touch Bernardo's hand as well in the build-up. But there's no actual written rule to say what should happen when. When that happens, Liverpool get on the other end, score a very good goal from Fabinho, but yeah. it, was, it was a handball. Yeah, this is a problem when you bring something in like VAR. That you can't think through all the eventualities. You can think through some of the obvious ones, but nobody had considered the fact... We talk, we've talked about... I mean, there's another new rule coming, of course, a new handball rule, which is that you cannot have a goal if there's a hand been involved in it. You know, either a handball that set up the goal or a handball from the striker that... that that ended up putting the ball in the net. Um, so if City had scored from Bernardo Silva handball in it, the goal would have been disallowed and it would have been given as a handball. He didn't score, but City should have got a penalty from it. Now, there's nothing in the rules that says a handball that's not been spotted can't result in a penalty if if then the next player along handballs it, which is what happened. Um Simon's gone to sleep here. I better, I better wind this up, haven't I? <laughs> so, but, so there's nothing in the rules to say. So by the strict letter of the law, which is wrong, um, by the strict letter of the law, it should have been a penalty. Um, it wasn't given. It went up the other end, the Liverpool score. And you do get the feeling in situations like that that the VAR is thinking, if we overturn this goal and give a penalty to City, the place is going to go be in an absolute uproar. And you do get the feeling that it's like, let's just let's just say it was, you know. And they've come up with this idea that his arm was in a natural position, which is it just makes it even look even more stupid. You know, VAR's in disrepute as it is, saying things like that. His arm was in a natural position, and everybody can see it stuck out from his body, which is exactly what was described as a, an unnatural position. It just makes it makes it worse. I mean, I've, I've made me feel he's playing on VAR. I was a big fan of it. Now it's in. And it's not working. It either needs a radical overhaul or preferably just get rid of it, as far as I'm concerned. But it was a, it was a penalty. And there were other incidents in the game as well, which went against City. Yeah, we'll come on to those. I mean, first and foremost, it is the fault of Michael Oliver and his team. Yeah. Like... As bad as VAR has been or whatever, like anyone pet miles away, he's biased, of course, but he sees it. Everyone sees it hitting the hand. So Michael Oliver and his team have decided that is not a penalty. Maybe they don't want to give a penalty against Liverpool 
five minutes into the game at Anfield, big game, could decide the title. And they, they don't know that Liverpool are going to score 20 seconds later. But the whole way the Premier League has handled VAR has been abysmal because the Premier League came out straight afterwards and said, yeah, is Armand in an unnatural position? Yeah, that's the reason why, end of. And then you've got like ex-referees coming forward and saying, oh, actually, Bernardo Silva handled it. So that's why. And you think, oh, right, well, you know, the game should have been stopped and a Liverpool free kick because you're not going to play advantage for Liverpool in their own box. But that could explain why. But the Premier League are so quick and it was the same with the Salah offside. We just didn't, it was just like, yeah, it wasn't offside because it wasn't offside, the end. And it was like yesterday, they got a stick on Saturday because it took so long Tottenham, Sheffield United to sort out that offside and it was a controversial decision. And it seemed like yesterday it was just like, right, we're going to take as little time as possible so no one can say we've disrupted the game. Right, 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 these decisions are right. And there's no explanation. Everyone's left feeling short-changed. And Do you think Salah was offside for the second goal? I don't know, but I don't, I don't trust that that they would make the right call. I'm not seeing like anywhere near the dissection of it. As the Sheffield United goal. Yeah. And we're told that it's not a hundred percent accurate. And so like, you can't have any trust that it was right. I'm not saying it shouldn't have been allowed, but it, at least it's, I, I was very surprised that the lack of scrutiny around that compared to the lack of scrutiny around the Tottenham Sheffield United decision. And all that managers ask for is consistency. I mean, you know, they ask for a lot, but you want, yeah. to see, you want to see consistency and, and City have had a lot of decisions go against them. Especially and some of those have been the correct decisions, but other teams have got away with them. And, the, and like I said, even if the decisions do go against or for City, they're always after a very lengthy review, which is tedious, annoys everyone. You've got no idea what's going on, but it's gone too far the other way. Yeah, we, you know, I, I can't say that that's what they did, but it just felt like they were going bam, bam, bam. It's like there was no review at all. Yeah, don't worry, we're not slowing the game down, lads, but people would rather you take the time and make the right decision, however annoying. Like City going out in the Champions League last season, it was heartbreaking, but it was the right decision. They made the right call. You can be heartbroken by the the way it came about, but it was just the way it happened and it was the right call. But... Just the nature of heartbreak, isn't they, it? <laughs> this season has been awful, oh, atrocious, possible. yeah. Stu, the second goal as well, from your point of view, do, do you agree that there just wasn't enough done Ian. I guess the fact is that a day later we've still not really seen any conclusive breakdown of the move there's no sort of official report I've not seen anything official saying this is why they, they, the Premier League statement said it was onside because it was onside yeah. for but me I, the- it's quite simple for me I mean I, I don't want to see goals like Salah's ruled out A it was a great goal but B if you've got to start drawing lines on the pitch Forget about it, you know, yeah. forget about that. I mean, if you can, all it needs is the VAR to stop it, stop the action at the point that the, the foot is making contact with the ball. And if the player is clearly, in terms of human eyesight, if, if that player is offside, well, call it offside then. If you've got to start drawing lines from people's armpits and seeing how far somebody's toe is sticking in front of that line... No, no, just forget that. If it's clear, and it's this clear and obvious thing that goes for other offences should apply to offside as well. If it's a clear and obvious offside, call it then. If you've got to start drawing ridiculous lines on the pitch to find out whether somebody's offside, forget about that. Just say, well, he doesn't. He's, he doesn't look offside. We, we can't tell if, if it's if it's marginal or not. 
So we'll, we'll play on. So for me, but uh, Salah's goal is fine. But know, when we've had it for Sterling at West Ham, Firmino <laughs> at Aston Villa, like McGoldrick on Saturday, why... Why, why wasn't there the same scrutiny? Yeah, on yeah, that? I agree, I agree, but I don't think I don't think the answer is to have the same scrutiny on all of them. I think it's the answer is to just go back to to using human eyesight rather than having that having you know because the attackers yeah. always get the advantage as well in the offside call. And I guess the point is it but, depends whether you're from the point of view that offside's factual, yes or no, or you think there should be some sort of margin for. But VAR has changed the way the officials officiate as well because they'll sort of let more stuff go because they know that it'll be picked up on VAR as well so but maybe game, if VAR isn't there the linesman flags for offside if this game was last season there was no VAR what, what do you think would happen in both of those instances Liverpool win <laughs> <laughs> do, you well, think, do you think City would have got a penalty if there was no VAR no I don't because I don't think Michael Oliver wanted to give a penalty that early on yeah um, but VAR is there to clear up those errors and under the supposedly yeah yeah that is what what is VAR there for, if not that? Entertainment. Yeah, if it had happened last season, we'd all been saying, we need VAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But VAR isn't sorting it out, so VAR is pointless. Yes. Unless, like I say, they overhaul it radically or they get rid of it. I, I think as well, VAR, they're, they're trying to protect the referees too much. Yes. You know, yeah. I can see both... They don't want to overrule the referee's decision, and for both the the two strongest City penalty shouts, so the the handball and the push on Sterling, I can totally see that Michael Oliver has said, "Yeah, it's it is and," but I don't think it was really deliberate. And yeah, there was contact on Sterling, but I'm not sure it was enough. Um, you know, he's the, he's the same referee that saw. Rodri pushed over by Lamella against Tottenham and said, oh yeah, it wasn't enough. And the VAR has gone, yeah, okay, we agree with your, you know, they might think it was a bit more of a penalty than he did, but they're not going to overrule him. Well, they have to, because that's what they're there for. We've got to come on to that Sterling push in a minute, something that's maybe been overlooked by some sections of, of the media, shall we say. But uh, while we're on these two goals, do you think City could have defended better for either of them? I saw there was some scrutiny for... Uh, Bravo, particularly for the first goal. I think the second goal, he said, was just a good attacking move where they've carved City apart. But that's that first goal, do you think City are guilty of switching off? I saw some people on social media saying that, OK, it wasn't a penalty, but it's inexcusable that City just lets Liverpool attack with such ease. I, th- I think people are, are looking to blame Bravo when it's not Bravo's fault. I, I don't see... Apart from the third. <laughs> well, even then, I'm not so sure, but... the. The first goal, I, I thought, I thought nobody had got near that. It was a great strike. I, I don't think any any keeper would have kept that out. Um, for me, it was John Stones who, who perhaps needs fingers pointing at him. I know Mane is a difficult difficult player to deal with, especially one on one. But he gave him too much time, and he let him get get the ball in. And then, and then you've got Gundogan who just sort of toe prodded it outside the box. Um, you know, it needed a proper clearance. Um, but but again, it's People, if people see the ball go past Bravo, well, he should have kept it out. It seems to be the seems to be the uh, the, the flavour of the of the decade. Um, I mean, he was dreadful on Wednesday night, so it's not like uncalled for. This kind of people might be looking for him to make mistakes, but if he didn't keep making mistakes, they won't keep looking. Yeah, but, but, if, but that shot from Fabinho is one in a hundred, maybe, isn't it? That goes where it does and it rifles in at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not blaming him for that goal, but you know, we'll get on to the third. I, I think, I think if Edison was in net, that he would have done better. 
For me, as, give a cap to for me, as soon as Bravo steps on the pitch, City are weaker defensively because yeah. just yeah, we know that we less know confidence that. across the back five. And Do if you your back five's as weak as that anyway, then there's no way Scott Carson was, ever... <laughs> <laughs> was there. No, no, no. But you know, it, I don't think the. I think there's a very obvious reason why people are looking for Bravo mistakes because it yeah. keeps making. I was going to say that then because. Um, Obviously, like, like Stu said, uh, I mean, Kyle Walker as well was maybe not very good defensively and John Stones themselves. Do you think that is because they're lacking confidence themselves or do you think that maybe they are already nervous and then having Brower behind you just makes you worry even more because you know you can't make as many mistakes because Edison is so good at uh, sort of clearing your lines and, and retrieving errors? Yeah, I mean, let's not forget that Edison last season at Anfield sort of charged out of his goal and passed it straight to Salah. So he's not... Immune from it's all put, from, putting towards from, Scott Carson for me from yes. criticism. Was that the season before last? Uh, yeah, season yeah. before last. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's I don't know. I think they were two very good Liverpool goals. Um, City, you could they should have played to the whistle for the first one, but you could understand why Sergio Aguero sort of ran over to the referee. Yeah, I mean Angelino for me for the, the second goal. Didn't track Salah at all, you know. We we had when we saw Angelino's name on the team sheet before the game, everyone was a bit staggered um, because this is a player who was released first time round because he defensively wasn't very good. He was very good going forward, good pass through the ball, got a great strike on him, but defensively he was suspect. Uh, I spoke to a guy who covers PSV Eindhoven home and away. And he told me that he has improved slightly defensively, but still suspect. He had a great season at PSV last season, which is why City went in for him. But he said it was the same thing. He was really good on the front foot. When he was called upon to defend, he wasn't very good. And then you see him lining up, making his first Premier League start for City in the biggest game of the season at Anfield. Against probably the best uh, winger you can play against. Exactly. Exactly, and you saw, And to be fair, he he, he didn't do badly, uh, but the the things he did well were all going forwards. Um, he really needed to be right on Salah's case when when Salah goes in, and I know it's it's easy to say because Salah can do that to just about any fullback in the country or, or in the world. Um, but he's got to be he's got to be sharper than that. He's got to be better defensively, especially when you're playing a game like Liverpool. And Angelino starting before the game. It was- to be tactical but then after the game Pep said Mendy can't really play twice in a week um, do you think that uh, he made the right decision to start Angelino or do you think, or do you think he should have gone for someone maybe more defence minded but is there anyone who is more defensive minded that available they could have gone for well not to say that Mendy is great defensively and he got caught out a bit in midweek but if you've got a £50 million left back and you can only start him in one game that week do you start him against the worst team in your Champions League group where you're already top of the group or do you start him at Anfield exactly I mean we you know we're not allowed to criticise Guardiola because like we he's won a lot more than we have and who are we but it, it seemed to defy logic that call yeah you, you, it sets your mind thinking that something's gone on because he's yeah. not even on the bench Mendy and we know his history you know we, we know that, that Pep's been annoyed with him more than once uh, I'm not going to start speculating about what might have gone on, but you, you, that is that that was my immediate thought. Something has happened here that whether whether he's not put it in in training or whatever, something has gone on that has that has caused him to do that. Um, but it's 
It was, a, it was an odd, odd decision. The, the problem with City is, though, that as we saw yesterday, they have defenders who don't defend. They have defenders who, who are there because of their attacking abilities. Uh, Kyle Walker's there because he bombs on. Angelino's better at attacking. Mendy's better at attacking. Zinchenko's better at attacking. John Stones is there for his passing ability and bringing the ball out of defence. It's like Otamendi in the... Uh... Otamendi is meant to be the pure defender, <laughs> yeah. but he's he's, so he's erratic, had a nightmare. Yeah, uh, Laporte is the one who, who balances it all out, and of course he's out injured long term, so so that is a problem. But I think it's something City have to have to really think about. I mean, Liverpool got it. I mean, Van Dijk does both. Um, Matip does both, um, and and they're two fullbacks. I mean, Alexander Arnold's suspect defensively. And that was that was something City tried to tried to get at and had some success, especially in the second half. Um, but Robertson does both as well. You know, he's he's a pretty tenacious left back, but he, he bombs on and, and creates things as well. Yeah, I mean, I know during the game there's lots of sort of criticism of, of Pep saying that you spent all this money on defenders, your defence still isn't good enough. Do you have any sympathy for Pep, the fact that Laporte was missing? He is such a vital part to City side. Or do you think, well, you've just not spent maybe the money wisely enough, you needed someone else who is more defensive-minded? Yeah, it, it looked in it looked like they were one defender short when they decided not to replace company. And Laporte's injuries obviously exacerbated that. Um, the, I mean, it's just, it, it's a, a mixture of that, poor decision-making and just sheer bad luck. Because, I mean, Stones has missed most of the season with injury. He needs a run of games to show his form and he's not had it. And I thought it was strange to not start him in midweek mm. and then start him at Anfield because he need, it's not his fitness that's the issue, it's getting his confidence back. So if he's not playing, coming in at Anfield is always going to be um, a bit nervy. But... Yeah, it, it 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 was always going to be the one thing that could bring them down, and at the minute it's looking like the thing that will um, bring them down. I mean, not winning the league with a record number of points by like, <laughs> they can, they can still win the league with this defense, but yeah. it'd be harder. Um, that's the third, uh, so the second time the season City have conceded three goals in a game. They might did that once last season. I guess that shows how they are at the back but as you both pointed out City did have chances and maybe on another day if Sterling was a bit sharper in a ground didn't have this hoodoo at Anfield which seems to be haunting him it's now uh, no goals in nine games for him away at Liverpool it could have been a different story for, for City but what did you make of their actual attacking play on Sunday? I thought I thought they did alright but they didn't create enough clear chances and they didn't put away the ones that they had. And in contrast to Liverpool, they were just absolutely deadly. You know, they were lethal. They, they got they got a limited number of chances and, and, and scored them, you know, scored scored most of them. Um, and you, you can't do that at that level. I mean, we're talking about City winning the Champions League this season. That, that You know, people, people talk about prioritising that. They won't win the Champions League if you if you don't take chances because they're going to come up against a team like Liverpool or better than Liverpool in in terms of the defence, um, and they're not going to give you anything. And you you can't miss that many chances and win and win trophies. Simple as that. Yeah, I thought it was it was like a Champions League game in the sense that City have played multiple Premier Leagues get. Premier League games this season where they've played worse than that but they've won because the opposition hasn't been as good 
but Liverpool punished him. Um, I thought that he gave the Liverpool. I thought City's attack made Liverpool's defense look not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, they were pretty shaky when City were rattling them, but it was that final ball or final um, effort on goal. Thought Raheem Sterling was very good, very very good, but Aguero poor, De Bruyne poor. Wasn't that support coming through from Gundogan in the eight? And uh, yeah, Bernardo got his goal late on, but like Sue says, they just didn't create enough good chances for the positions that they opened up. Even talked about Stones getting a header mm. from that corner. And there's that one when Walker came in at the back post as well. He came jumped too soon. Yeah, Sterling nicked that header off Aguero. Aguero didn't dive for that ball from De Bruyne. They, they, they had so many. Oh yeah. Opportunities that could have presented simple goals, but they didn't. They didn't take them. Uh, Pep's worst ever start after twelve league games. I guess that shows just how high his standards are. It's the first time he's been more than three points off as well at this stage of the season of the title. Uh, you've already hinted that Sai still thinks that he can win the league this season. Stu, do you think that there is a chance? I mean, I know the cliche is going to be there's always a chance until it's mathematically impossible. But do you think that he can actually win the league this season? I think I think the one thing it boils down to is Liverpool and their injury record. If Liverpool get injuries, I think they'll drop points. If they don't, I can't see them losing two or three, four games, which they need to do for for City to overhaul them. Um, so it would it would take City to be extremely good. It would take Liverpool to lose players or drastically lose form. I can't see that happening. Uh, after the evidence of last season because it, it seems to have spurred them on missing out last season some people thought it might break Liverpool you know the fact that they did win so many games and, and lost once and still not won the title uh, but it seems to have had the opposite effect they, they seem to be really storming it again the one thing if they lose Van Dijk I mean we saw Van Dijk pull up and you could sense Anfield went very very tense when he pulled up during the game, uh, but then he, he shook it off and carried on. We saw Salah pull up, holding his Achilles, and again everybody went quiet for a for a while. Um, but again, he, he shook it off. You know, th- these are the things that've been happening to City, and, they're, and they've had a, they've had an injury that's, that's keeping them out for you know three, four, six months. Um, Liverpool have, have had a lot more luck in terms of injuries. Oh, you could, you could say their backroom staff are doing a better job, whatever you want to whichever way you want to look at it but if, if Liverpool keep their players fit those key players who for me are the front three and uh, Van Dijk if they keep them fit I think they'll win the league Si even if Liverpool were to drop points it would require City maybe to show the sort of form and momentum they showed towards the end of last season where they went on that incredible winning run do you think that City are still capable of doing that they've got quite a a tough run of fixtures after the international break. I guess the season starts now, but quite often in the Pep, it's been these bigger games where City do actually. Uh, yeah, raise the, their level. the Chelsea game. We'll see what they're they're made of. I mean, the fact that Rodri and Silva are back is a big plus. Um, I've no idea whether City can put the sort of run together that they put together last season, if we're honest. But um, you know, Liverpool looked more invincible at this stage last season than they do now. And they led by eight points with fewer games to seven points with fewer games to go last season and City won the title. So I don't think you can write City off really until many, many more months months to come just because Liverpool don't look like the steamrolling 
every opposition and City have it within them because we've seen them do it before to uh, to win many games in a row. City go into this international break fourth in the league. Uh, do you still think that City are in the top two teams in, in the division now? I mean, Leicester and Chelsea both uh, exceeded expectations so far and City haven't really matched it and it's still a very high standard which they've achieved. But do you think it's... Can you see City finishing outside the top two this season, Stu? No, I don't think so, no. I mean, Chelsea have been looking really good. Leicester have been brilliant, a fresh breath of fresh air as they were in 2016. And of course, City have got them both coming up. Chelsea just after the international break. Uh, we're not far off Leicester as well. 1st of December, I think, Leicester. Yeah, yeah, just before Christmas. Um, so that'll be a... Those will be, uh, those will be good tests but I mean, City are, City are still at the moment the second best team in the country for me. Um, no, no. I mean, you, you know, you, you you've got to give Liverpool the due. I think they they've, they've been they've been very very good and they've been winning games without playing well, which you know is what the champions do. Um, City have been playing well and not winning games. And then playing pretty averagely as well. It's like a role reversal from last season and the season before almost, isn't it? That it seems like Liverpool two seasons ago when City won the league with 100 points, Liverpool played better football than they did last season mm-hmm. and they're doing now, but they're on course for more points I mean, at least this season than last City season. They're going to get to a Champions League final and <laughs> probably be Bravo and goal instead of Carrius. So that's something for City fans to look forward to. Um, one note we got here, I've seen it a few whispers on social media but obviously with City's sort of defensive ineptitude yesterday they looked weak some fans saying that why aren't Garcia and Harwood Bellas maybe in the frame for Premier League starts in, in these big games I guess the argument is that you've got youngsters at Leicester you've got youngsters at Chelsea even youngsters at Man United that are getting these Premier League starts they might not be ready now at the standard but surely if you've got no one else it's better to play a young centre-back in defence than a central midfielder <laughs> Well, I mean, for, oh, me, for me, Fernandinho was probably was City's best defender. Um, I, so I, I don't, I don't think you could look at that. I mean, so who do you play him instead of? You, you play him instead of the player who turned out to be City's best defender. You, you don't play him instead of John Stones. You might as well flog John Stones if you're going to do that. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to play. I mean, Garcia is a talent for me, but throw him into a game like that and you, you could finish him I think you know it's, it's a tough ask for anybody to play against Liverpool when they're in that kind of mood for a young lad um, to be thrown into that atmosphere against players of that, that calibre um, is huge and I mean Pep knows what he's doing and he's a big fan of Garcia we know that we know he, he rates him but he's he's not quite ready he's not quite cooked he's still young I mean centre-backs especially Need to have that bit of maturity, physical maturity as well as mental maturity. And Garcia and, and Howard Bellis aren't quite there yet. I don't think it'd be right. I don't think it'd be fair to them to throw them into a game like that. I mean, there've been other games where I've thought, why not play Garcia? You know, do you think there could be chances after the international break? Then, I mean, of course, the Carabao Cup's going to give them opportunity. And if the Champions League sorted before that that last game, there might be chances there as well. But you still think it's too soon in the Premier League, maybe? Um, not necessarily in the Premier League. I mean, so, <laughs> I hesitate to say it, but because City haven't haven't exactly been convincing in some of these games. But you know, games like um, I guess the Southampton, the people like Southampton is, is is the one you kind of think, well, why not? Why not put Garcia in for this one? Because we know what the script is. Um, but you, then again, you think that Pepe's a little bit 
scarred by the fact that they, they did lose at Norwich, who had been battered by everybody else. Um, and they did lose at home to Wolves, which they shouldn't be doing. So he's always got that concern that the Premier League is a Premier League and you can lose at any given moment. Um, and, and throwing in your 18, 19-year-old defender is um, is a risk. And he, he doesn't, you know, he, he's sticking with, with what he knows. He's sticking with his experience. And he also has this, this philosophy that if a player's good enough, he'll play. Uh, and he's looking at his, his squad... Uh, that he's got and he's playing his playing his what he thinks is the best team to win that game uh, and if Garcia isn't in it well it's up to Garcia to go out and prove that he should be to compare them to United and Chelsea is silly yeah it's a different calibre I've just I've <laughs> seen some people online saying that they should get a chance in, in the first team when City's problem seems so obvious and there seems to be two potential sort of successes in line then they might deserve more of a chance going forward. I do not agree with that. <laughs> Let me make that clear. There's no way City should have played an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old yesterday. They would have lost 6-7-0. But, oh well. Last question for you, Sam. International break. Has it come at a good or a bad time for City? I guess the fact that they've... Uh... I feel like a bad time because I feel like more analysis of... City is going to lie around the result yesterday rather than the performance. And that will be sort of, that's obviously the result is the big negative. Um, so it's going to be all doom and gloom and have City lost the title. And Do you not think that's exactly what City need though? People writing them off. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that because the players don't, don't give a monkeys about that. It's not like they're all sitting at home chewing over the fact they've lost looking at the table biting their fingers yeah, most, of, most of them are not, are on international break those who aren't will be flying out to somewhere sunny so they're not going to they're not going to be dwelling on it it's only us who will be picking over it and the fans and I don't think players players really think that way I think that they'll be they'll think well, we've got a break now um, you know go away in the country the change is as good as the rest uh, and then come back and we'll be, be ready to ready to go again I don't think that they'll be at all worried about kind of inquests we're holding in drizzly Manchester Pep will be though Pep will be and in the words of Pep Guardiola thank you so much Si and Stu so so much so 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 much for joining us today on the Talking City podcast for the Manchester News we will be back again next week to reflect on any of the big stories in international break and look ahead to that game against Chelsea please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and we'll see you again next time